Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. I've got a new tea here, so I am super excited about that. What are you drinking? I am also drinking a new tea. It's um, one of the ones that you got for me, and it's the Immunity Booster, and I have uh, a giant mug that probably has about three cups of tea inside of it. So I'm really boosting that immunity this evening. I love it. That that tea is such a classic. It's got the turmeric in it, ginger. I know like whenever, I don't even want to say when you, when, even when you're sick, like that tea, it just boosts your, your system all around. Yeah. Uh, me tonight, I needed something a little bit sweet. I was originally going to make some classic peppermint, but mm-hmm. then I decided to break open the bag of uh, rooibos cinnamon bun Ooh. and it's so good the flavor really comes through for this one and it's like you're having dessert mm-hmm. but without actually having dessert it just tastes like a cinnamon bun it's so good I love that that sounds delicious yeah speaking is it, yeah sorry is it is it the same brand as of the immunity booster oh my of god of course <laughs> I feel like I need to actually look at that catalog next time we do an order because I get the same tea every time. Yeah, you need to expand your horizons. I always try and get one new tea every order that I do. I am a creature of habit. Expanding my horizons isn't great for me. It's difficult. <laughs> Especially when it comes it to your tea while. selection. Exactly, because what if I buy it and it doesn't work for me where I know that the immunity booster works for me? This is true. This exactly. is true. You know. I don't think that – I don't think it's refundable, so. Well, it's not easy to, like, exchange a bag of tea. Okay. But, you know, you got to venture out there. At least get one bag that you're familiar with and then get something fun and new. We'll do that next time. I'll I'll do it for you. All right. I want to hold you to that. Thank you. Do you have a uh, tea fact for me today? Oh, my God. I didn't even think of a tea fact. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Have I talked about puerties yet? Uh, no, you haven't. Okay. I think I might have mentioned them once before, but they are actually one of my favorite teas. And if it wasn't late in the evening, I would have made my ultimate favorite puer tea, which is cinnamon hearts. Uh, puer tea is in the same family as green tea, white tea, black tea, all the same plant. But this mm-hmm. one's very special. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually fermented. Ooh. Yes. So it's an entire process and you can get different aged puerities. So like I know I've seen some that are 25 years old. Like it's crazy. Um, wow. And they can be very expensive for like these little bricks of them. Mine, mm-hmm. you know, just mildly aged. It's not anything too crazy. But what's really great about the fermented tea is that it actually has a little bit of probiotic to it. So okay. People call it the hangover tea um, because it kind of helps with any stomach issues or if you're not feeling that great. So keep that one in mind if you want a really great boosting tea. The only thing I do caution against is that it does have a trace amounts of caffeine in it. So if you are sensitive to that, especially in the evening, might not be the best tea to drink right before bed, but it is so good and it's very like rich and earthy in its flavors. So that's why I love something that's got something really um, spicy to it, like the cinnamon. But mm-hmm. I've also had like toffee caramel. Like there's so many bold, rich flavors that are just like a fine wine, you know? It's yeah. just so good. So there you go. There is my tea fact out of my back pocket for today. Thank you. I mean, that was a real education session. I wouldn't have known that you pulled it out of your pocket. <laughs> Wow, I was like really impressed that my brain came through 
for that one. Yeah. It was, it, it was very impressive. I was actually going to ask you for like a finance fact if you couldn't come up with one, but we'll go with this <laughs> for today. Yeah. Okay. Finance will be the backup tip, but okay, <laughs> this is the tea podcast. So I always try and come up with something tea. Don't worry. Next time I, I will remember to bring another tea fact. So thank you for asking. You're welcome. But You're welcome. I, I just, at least you have an investment fact just in case. Also question, does yes. the immunity booster tea have caffeine? Because if so, I'm really screwed. No, no. And that is because it is an herbal tea. And herbal oh, thank tea God. can drink any time of day. Same with a rooibos. There is no natural caffeine in it. So you are perfectly safe. Oh, thank God, because I was like, this is a really big cup of tea. I would be up all night. Yeah, you're drinking your soup bowl over there of tea. So I don't know if yep. I don't know if caffeine's going to be your problem tonight. I think you might be running to the bathroom a few times in the middle of the night. That's always my problem. I drink too much water, too hydrated. Yeah, we just got to get that cutoff in place. Yeah, I don't have one. Um, if anyone has advice on how to uh, set boundaries when it comes to water drinking, please let me know because I don't have any. Yeah, I'm the same. I am no help there because I literally have like a big bottle of water that I usually finish right before bed. Yep. And maybe I just get good at holding it or, you know, I just face the fact, get up, run to the bathroom real quick, and then usually try and go back to sleep right away. The trick is to not yeah. turn too many lights on. I find that You know, you just – you keep your eyes closed to keep the sleepiness. Yes. But at this point, I just know that I'm going to be woken up at about 7 in the morning by having to go to the bathroom, so – yeah, that's just something I've come to accept. Mm -hmm. um, but off the topic of uh, bathroom use, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, so we are going to be talking about our relationships with food. Um, quite the journey there, but you are the law girl. So how about you throw a disclaimer out there for me? Ooh, yeah. So we're going to be going pretty in depth uh about the highs and lows of our relationship with food because we've both had pretty extensive journeys. So we just want to make you aware of that before the episode starts, just in case this topic is triggering for you. This might not be the episode for you. So if so, then come back next week and we'll have another episode about setting healthy boundaries and friendships, which is definitely a bit of a safer topic. So we'll see you then. That is so true, and thank you for throwing that disclaimer out there. Um, food is a touchy subject, especially for for women, and not not to say men don't have their issues because they do, but women, I find there's like that society pressure, and then the peer pressure of close relationships, and then the pressure that we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So let's start off with. What was your first awareness of what you're eating? And and actually, maybe before we go right down that route, you know, what was your family diet like when you were growing up as a kid? Because I feel that's such um, an important jumping off point mm -hmm. and it really does affect the way that you see food. So start with that one. Okay. So mine was interesting. So my mom is like obsessed with organic eating. And she was that way when we were kids as well. And over time, it expanded more where now pretty much the house is entirely gluten-free, et cetera, et cetera. But when we were kids, it was very organic, but like we still had gluten in the house. And it was a weird mix where all of our meals were healthy, but, you know, sometimes we would have craft dinner and there was always, we had a snack drawer. Uh, do you remember pull-in peels? 
Absolutely. I remember pulling peels. So we would have like two little cases of those and some chips and such. So fundamentally, we ate very healthy, but we still had the snacks. But the one thing growing up was that when you would be in the cafeteria at school, do you remember how the kids would like trade food back and forth? Yes, yes, definitely. So if somebody had Gushers and the other had Mm -hmm. Dunkaroos, they would just do a little switch. So my uh, snack was Fig Newtons. Hey, don't knock Fig Newtons. Don't knock it. (laughs) They were great. But like they were great in a weird way. (laughs) Needless to say, you weren't getting much trading going on with the Fig Newtons. No other 10-year-old wanted Fig Newtons. No. So I actually kind of came to see that non-nutritious food like the Dunkaroos and oh, Bugles. Bugles were a big one. Um, Oh yeah, Bugles. I came to see it as something that was coveted and something that I would want. It's kind of weird to explain, but I feel like you're kind of getting what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm following. It became almost like a status symbol in the brain of a 12-year-old to have that kind of like bad food. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think that while we ate very healthy at home, that kind of impacted how I viewed junk food, shall we say. Right. What was yours like? So yeah, I was kind of similar to your household. We were very much like um, your portion of vegetables, potatoes or rice, and meat. Like it was very much that standard meal and like always home-cooked um pretty like balanced diet my family wasn't super into the gluten-free and the dairy-free stuff like that just wasn't really quite a thing Mm -hmm. um when I was growing up but I remember for years when like I never went to McDonald's or anything like that because like my parents just would not take me to McDonald's or, or anywhere fun. Like our fun pot spot was Harvey's, which I do love Harvey's. It's great. Yeah. Um. So I was definitely like lacking on the takeout food. That being said, like I had chips, like ketchup chips are my kryptonite. Ooh, um, ketchup I would, chips. I'll do pretty much anything for a bag of ketchup chips. <laughs> Ice cream was always great and, um, you know, stuff like that. So I was never really like denied those foods, but they like pop was not in our house um, we didn't really have like, like you, the Scooby snacks or gushers and fruit roll-ups, all that kind of stuff. It was very rare that my mom would buy that kind of stuff. So like you, like you, you know, yeah, it's the, it's the currency of the school. You just took me way back with the mention of Scooby snacks. <laughs> like, Scooby snacks. I know. Ooh. I think I feel like every cartoon had a, had a snack of the gusher fruit variety. Um, but do you remember like there was the different Scooby snack colors do you remember like yes. the blue one that it was like it wasn't like a clear color like the other ones were? Oh, that one was good. That was a good Scooby mm-hmm. snack. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And there was a girl in elementary school and she always had the Scooby snacks and it was just kind of like it almost felt like her way of power of being like, do you want a Scooby snack? And if she like gave you one, you were like blessed or something. Wow. And I caught on to that one because, like, we kind of had this little rivalry going on growing up. Ah. And so when she would offer me one, I would turn it down and it was, like, this, like, challenging moment. So, sorry, that was way offside. But, you know, kid snacks in the schoolyard, it's a, it's a currency and it's, like, it's like the law. So, yeah, I wonder if it's still like that. I bet there's still, like, this year's current snack that um, kids use as currency. Oh, probably. But anyway, my, yeah, like, my childhood was pretty balanced. And one thing about it was – as a kid, like I always kind of felt like I had the the iron stomach, like I could eat anything and it was fine. 
um, was until later in life that that mentality really changed for me and it really did affect the way I, I ate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would eat like a bag of ketchup chips and be like, whatever. Um, the beauty of being young. That was a good time. You could really just eat anything and go for like a 10-mile run after if you really wanted to. Oh, didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Pint of ice cream? Eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I do I do appreciate like my childhood. I didn't have restrictions, so to say. Like if we were out and stuff, like I was allowed to have candy and, and everything. But in like my home, we really just didn't keep those kinds of things. Like if we had juice, mm-hmm. that was like, ooh, <laughs> we have something fancy and different in the house. Like – you know, it was it was pretty pretty basic food that my parents like to keep. Like just you know, if you're hungry, here's some fruit, here's some vegetables, and here's your your meat and potatoes kind of thing. That was pretty much my household growing up. When orange juice is like the luxury, fruitopia. Oh, oh. when you had fruitopia, man. And if you had Sunny D, that was like Sunny D. That was probably like the equivalent of having Skittles in your lunch. Honestly, I remember like the Sunny D commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the Kool-Aid commercials. Those were impressive too. Oh, yeah. Very memorable. Everything marketed towards kids. <laughs> yeah. When did you start to become aware really of what you were eating and how – like how did that impact how you saw yourself and your body image? So I'm going to say it wasn't until probably university and that's more because that was like the first time in my life where like, you know, it was my responsibility to buy my own groceries and make my own meals. So that was really like a thing where like I'm like, oh, if I want to buy, I don't know, Oreo cookies, I can Mm -hmm. do that. I didn't really venture down that path too much. Like, you know, you have your like odd little binges and stuff, but – Overall, in my first couple years of university, because I did not have a lot of money, I mainly ate like ground beef, rice, yep. <laughs> and that's it. So my budget, my food budget was pretty cheap. It was not elaborate at mm-hmm. all. Um, but that was also so, – so I started university in 2011. That's when like Pinterest really took off. Mm-hmm. Instagram was starting. YouTube was going – so that was really like the first time I ever had any external influence. Like I, I knew about eating disorders and all of that, but it wasn't in my immediate uh, spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of when I started Pinterest and it was like those big pictures of like, oh, 10 things to eat to cleanse and like detox and all that. Like that's more when I became aware. And I never thought there was anything like wrong with me at that time, but I was just like, oh, like maybe I should be doing this so I can look like that like Mm -hmm. it was almost like this realization like oh I didn't know I was supposed to to do that to get that you know yeah um what was your first first awareness um I was 13 I think so I mean we'll get more into it but I definitely had an issue growing up I wouldn't say I was binging but I could eat like a whole bag of Doritos in like one sitting and be totally cool with it And around the same time as well, I was getting super competitive with horseback riding. So obviously, I was getting very muscular in my legs, which you can attest to as well because we lived the same life. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Thighs and and buns of steel. (laughs) Thighs and buns of steel, baby. Um, Just a little bulkier than your your supermodel. (laughs) Yes. But because of the fact that I was so muscular – I was eating a lot more, but I didn't necessarily understand how um, gaining weight and losing weight worked with like calorie deficit surplus, whatever. So it was like, 
I had a lot of muscle, but I also had like a nice layer of fat over top of it, which like I didn't love that look for me, but it wasn't necessarily that I thought I was fat or anything. But in my school, the girls around me, none of them were very involved in sports. I think there was maybe one of them who was involved in like track and field. So they were a lot smaller than I was in my brain, like because they didn't have the muscle. So Mm -hmm. I was very conscious about what I was eating and how like how my weight looked on my body because I didn't look the way that they did and I didn't really fully understand why. Mm -hmm. And just just thinking because I've I've known you since you were you were little, um, you did kind of develop pretty early. Oh, yeah. In life. I developed when I was like 14, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so did that have anything to just when you're comparing to, to the other girls? Yeah, I think so. Because it was like, I wouldn't say that I developed slowly, like the other girls did. It was more like I woke up one day and like, like, boom, you have a boob and you have boobs and an ass, you know? <laughs> like I said, I have a boob. <laughs> I have a single boob. <laughs> <laughs> they came in one at a time. <laughs> yes. But that was kind of how that worked for me. So I think because as you mature and like basically hit puberty like a truck, your metabolism also changes. So mm-hmm. suddenly it's not like you could eat a bag of chips and then you're all good because when you start to be in more of a woman's body, like your body retains a lot more water weight and such. And right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And it's it's interesting how we have um, very different experiences. Like you're telling, saying 13 and I'm saying more like that 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And just goes to show on like how we're all different on how we develop. Yeah. When you were going through the Pinterest stuff, I was like 15, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So it it hit us at different ages where like we only got Facebook in 2007. So. Yeah. So I was going through more of the early social media world at a more tender age, shall we say. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that I didn't uh, go through puberty with uh, fitness influences around. I could not handle that. Oh, thank God. Like it was hard enough in my early 20s to deal with all that crap. I'm so glad I did not have to deal with that as a teenager. And if you are young right now growing up in like this kind of environment, like my hat's off to you. Mm -hmm. Just try and block out what you can because I don't know how how else to do it. Nope. Just be careful with those fitness influencers, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. So on that note, though, have you ever purposely controlled what you were eating due to body image issues? Uh, do you want like a timeline or just like a specific <laughs> example? Like <laughs> – we could we could go many ways down this road. Oh, we totally could. Uh, what's what's the one that stands out for you? Um, when I was just about to go into my second year of university, I started to run a little bit. And basically, I would eat very little uh, because I wanted to get skinnier. And meanwhile, I was like riding horses every day. So I was already very active. So I needed to be eating more. And I remember one time I didn't eat anything that day because I woke up and I didn't like how my stomach looked or something and then I went for a run and I remember being in the shower after the run and I didn't like pass out and fall over but like my eyes went black Mm -hmm. for a second and I came to but that was like a very like oh okay I need to stop doing this (laughs) yeah yeah no it's definitely scary um to get to that point especially for body image and was that because of like 
a more external influence or is that just more in- internally I want to be like this um, exactly like this a bit of both but I think it was because one I was going back to school and basically I was like interested in somebody there and just turned 19 so was entering like the party scene and I wanted to like stand out as one of the hot girls kind of thing and mm-hmm. I was surrounded again by a lot of those girls that are not as athletic and are a lot smaller and I wanted to look like that because I felt like that would help me stand out sort of thing so I just for a while I wasn't fully happy with how my body is which is kind of like short to average and curvy you're about like five three right just to yeah give some visual I think I'm like five four and I got some nice hips hey hips are in they are see they're in now see the thing is when it be when the Instagram ass became a thing I was like hell yeah <laughs> all set here so yeah that was my probably my most memorable I I definitely uh have not forgotten about that one but what about you uh, for me, yeah, like definitely in the rise of, of Pinterest and Instagram, um, it more all be- it, it was kind of at the same time that I started doing workouts, like just outside of my regular activity. So it became about like the, oh, 10 minute ab challenge and I uh, do this for a tighter butt, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the food, I would definitely at times restrict myself, but I became very much about like what I could have and what I couldn't have. So like I had to be eating like all the detoxing foods, which I'm just going to interject here real quick is a total myth. Your body is designed to detox itself and keep itself healthy. All of it is just a marketing ploy to make you buy weight loss teas that do not work and all that crap. Mm-hmm. So I really fell for that, like uh, kind of the quick fix, like, oh, this is the perfect diet. Like I was honestly in search of that perfect diet all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really became prevalent more in my like mid-20s. And like with the body image, you know, I always wanted to make sure I was still like super lean. Yeah. And like had some apps showing and all that um I've been so active as a child that I've always been kind of okay like yes my weight will fluctuate a little bit from like toned to not toned Mm -hmm. um but for me it became a lot about the health yeah like I wanted to be my healthiest self and in hindsight I was probably the least healthiest because like you I was not eating enough calories for what I was doing so you know, it's, it's scientifically proven. If if you don't eat enough for your activity, your body will actually store fat. So it's kind of like you're working in reverse because you're not fueling yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely what I struggled with. And um, in terms of like external influences, like, yes, they were, they were always just kind of there in that like perfect image of what I wanted to be, like clear skin, nice and toned, Um, you know, no cellulite, like all that kind of stuff. So I can't think of like one particular person that I was like, oh my God, you're, you're a goddess. I needed to to look just like you, but it was definitely striving the the image of that culture. Yeah. I can relate to that. And also you can have cellulite one day and not see it the next. That was a big thing to have to learn was how cellulite worked. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? Every woman has cellulite and- I personally 
like when you see posted being like, no, like let's let's support these real bodies. You know, mm-hmm. Ari, I think, has been doing a top-notch job of not photoshopping it out because it doesn't matter how skinny you are or how fit you are, you still have cellulite. Like it's it's just a little bit of fat. You everyone has fat cells mm-hmm. and they're there and we shouldn't ignore them. It's just a fact of life. It's just part of being a lady. Exactly. So yeah, that's something like I've always kind of struggled to get over, but now I try to like, you know, like Ari, bring in influences that are real about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. of being like, yep, this is what I have. But you know, I just take my pictures like this so you don't see it. But really, this is what I actually look like. Yeah. And I think those women are doing a good job. And I hope that more people will be like that. Mm-hmm. Because that is just, it's everywhere. No, I definitely agree with that. But on the topic of the food, other than just, you know, maybe focusing on the detox foods and such, was there ever anything specific, like any specific diets that you went on? Or like if it wasn't a specific diet, did you ever overexercise to compensate when, say, you overate or were going through a bit of a period where you would uh, binge every so often? (laughs) So the specific diets, this is my time to shine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have I have tried them all. I have been gluten-free. I have been dairy-free. I have been vegan. I have been Wait, keto. you've been vegan? Yeah. When? A very short time. I, I think like it was a couple of weeks when maybe we were both in you, – you were probably in some exams or something, so we hadn't talked for a couple of weeks and I was okay. probably vegan that week. Oh, yeah. Like I have done it all and that sole purpose was – to again find that perfect diet that was for the ultimate health. Yeah. And my body was just like, oh God, girl, like not again. Um, and the problem with that, you know, there's nothing wrong. If 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 you don't want to eat gluten, fine. You don't want dairy, fine. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But for me, I would try my best and I would be really, really good. But when I came into situations where I'd be like at a restaurant or somewhere with friends where maybe I didn't have an option there, mm-hmm. it became so hard because then it was literally the, the decision of like, okay, am I eating or not? Yeah. And a lot of the time I just wouldn't have anything because I wanted to stay on like, you know, the straight and narrow, so to say. But then what would happen is like my body would go into survival mode and I'd be so freaking hungry Yeah, that I'd just binge on you know a bag of ketchup chips because technically that is gluten-free <laughs> yeah um and and also like with these diets and stuff there's so much of like the junk food like we all think oh gluten-free burgers are like um uh, vegan burgers oh they must be healthy but really really they're not like there's yeah. a lot of crap in them that makes them unhealthy so i think it's very much this like false sense of security mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm being so great. Like I'm I'm treating my body so well. But really, you're like e- eating the equivalent of a, of a Big Mac. Yeah. Um. So that has been something that's very tricky for me. And we'll probably get into this a little bit later, actually. But, um, you know, for a very long time, I would just swap between eating different things. Like I have, I have books on the liver cleanse. Yeah. And... Likely my liver does not need cleansing, but I was just always in search of that diet. But uh, over-exercising, I'm going to say like, yeah, Um, I don't think it was ever like a primary focus for me because I've always been very 
busy and just like my day-to-day life. Yep. But yes, there are definitely times when that thought has been in my head where I'm just like, I'm just going to sit on the floor, do some extra crunches while like the commercials are on. Yeah. Because, you know, I really want some ice cream. So that, yeah, like that's been in my mind, but it was never, I don't think it was anything I ever took to an extreme as far as I remember. Okay. What about you though? Like any special diets over exercising? Uh, so the only special diet that I have been on was I did a stint as a vegetarian in late 2019, if you remember that. I don't know. I if don't you even do. remember that. Um, and it was actually okay. So I didn't necessarily do it to get skinny or whatever. I think it was because I literally watched a documentary about like athletic performance and veganism oh, I know the one yes yes, yeah. I remember that documentary so I just wanted to like give it a try and see how my uh, energy levels were so it actually worked pretty well for me one thing that I noticed though is I definitely I couldn't quite figure out how much was enough for me to eat because I was primarily just eating vegetables and I would have like hard-boiled eggs whatever I hadn't quite figured out like the tofu and all that stuff yeah and that's that's where it's really tough with um diets like like being vegan or vegetarian yeah you need to consume a lot of of food to get that energy and I know in my case like that is something that I didn't quite figure out like like you're saying so then you under eat and then your body's like help I'm starving yeah and especially at the time because I was so busy with work is like I honestly just didn't have the time to figure it out so To be honest, I kind of failed at it probably within two months. Not that I failed. It was like I just don't have the capacity. I don't really have the energy to come home and figure out my vegetarian vegan meal. But my boyfriend is vegan. So I'm kind of learning from him and his family a bit on like different cooking methods and different recipes and such that will fill you up just as much. So I'm kind of slowly easing my way into veganism. Yeah, and for for both of those diets, there's so many amazing things that you can eat, Mm -hmm. but it definitely takes that time and research and practice to know what's enough and to be able to to cook a lot of different things so you have that nice like balanced and and variety to your diet. Oh, yeah. Like when his mom cooks us a meal, it literally takes three hours. And I'm like, that's a lot of commitment. (laughs) That's a dedication to the arts. Yes. So we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of right now partially eating half vegan, half not because that's just how I split my time, whatever. Um, yeah. You're just there a few nights a week. So you happen to eat vegan and then you're home a few other nights. So you yeah. have like a steak. Yeah. And so far it's been pretty good. I think I need to have the balance. I want to limit the amount of meat I, I eat. But for now, I still think I, I do need it, that animal mm-hmm. protein. Um, but definitely over-exercising was a bit more of a thing for me. And I would position it in my brain as, no, I just wanted to be really fit. But doing a 40 to 45-minute run followed up by an hour to hour and a half long leg day session took it a bit far in my perspective. And I've definitely struggled with over-exercising ever since I started my fitness journey. So it's been like six years. And sometimes I think even recently I went through a phase where I would hike four days a week, do yoga and resistance training. So pretty much like every single day of the week I was doing some form of activity. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always been something that 
I've struggled with. And as I've gotten older, I wouldn't say it's because of issues with body image. But especially if I go through a period where I binge a little bit or my period is coming, then I get very hard on myself. And I'm like, oh, I don't like how this looks right now. So let's just maybe double up the workouts tomorrow kind of thing. So it's more of an ongoing battle for me. Yeah. Yeah. And just adding a little bit of of reality, I actually know two people, they would have been in like their early teens, sorry, uh, like, yeah, late, late teens, early 20s when this happened, but they were so athletic and over exercising and then going back to having the balance of the proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um they both actually went into cardiac arrest. Oh shit. And were yeah, no and and you know it's very serious and the, clinically they were anorexic. Um and to look at them like like yes they were they were so fit and and that kind of stuff but their body was in this like survival mode. Yeah. And their hearts their hearts gave out. You know, fortunately both of them are fine and they are doing very well and they're healthy. But th- this is the reality when it comes to having eating disorders and whether it's it's your relationship with food or, or exercise, um, there are consequences. So definitely when, you know, within a year of two people that I've, I've known for a very long time that that happened to, it's kind of like this wake up call of like, oh my gosh, like your body needs fuel. Yeah. Like you cannot just keep burning it on an empty gas tank because there's a consequence to that and that and a heart attack is something that could happen. Like luckily they were not alone when it when it happened, but they had to spend very like many months in a special clinic uh down in the city to bring their health back up to a point where where their their hearts were stable. Jeez. I think mm-hmm. I remember you telling me about that, but yeah, that's a that's crazy. That's a good yeah. reminder. Thank you. Yeah, just just to put a little bit of of reality, you know, you, you, we talk about all the influences of of uh, Instagram and and all those platforms, but it, it's the the consequences that we don't always see. Yeah, um, especially on the physical side. So I just wanted to throw that out there as a little cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know how to jump off of that. Well, how about we move on to our next section, which is what are you currently doing? Yes. And, you know, what what was that moment that you needed to make a change, um, either with food or or exercise? Okay. So to be honest, I feel like I have one of those moments like every six months as I slowly am figuring out what works for me. But I think the big one was actually uh, last October – when, ter- when Toronto went into lockdown, so the gyms closed. Do you remember that? Yes. So when the pandemic first hit, I thought the world was ending. So my diet basically went out the window and I really liked craft dinner and pizza, whatever. And I have a pretty high metabolism, so it hasn't really affected me. Like it didn't really affect me. But when the gyms opened back up, I was like, oh, I want to get back up to my crazy level of fitness that I was at before. And I would go to the gym for two hours like every day. And then the gyms closed again and I really went stir crazy and I was kind of fighting this battle of like, okay, do I fall back into the poor eating or do I stick to the working out every single day and eating super clean situation that I realized like, okay, 
I need to change my perspective and find a balance for these things because I can't keep being on this yo-yo because, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, that yo-yo is going on because of the pandemic, but like in a way that yo-yo has been going on for majority of my life. And I worked pretty hard over the winter when we went fully into lockdown in December, finding that balance of like, okay, like what workouts work for me and how often do I want to do it? And also what's the balance of my food? So I've gotten to a point now where when I am eating, like for breakfast, lunch and dinner, I always make sure that those are like whole foods. So breakfast, it will always be like fruits and eggs and then lunch will be a salad and or whatever. And then dinner will be some form of meat and vegetables and some starchy thing. And then incorporating like those snacky foods, just have some chocolate and not overdo it, but not underdo it as well and completely cut it out of my diet. Yeah, like it's not like you're depriving yourself of chocolate and then all of a sudden you see a chocolate bar or like what, whatever chocolate sale at the grocery store and you're like, I need six of those bars. Yes. Um, yeah, you just you just have it there. And so it's just like, oh, okay, we're going to have some. Okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So oh, I'm sorry if you hear a lot of cheering in the background of our audio today. It's, <laughs> it's hockey night in Canada and it's the playoffs and the boys are upstairs watching puck. So they must have just scored a goal or something because like they sound like they're in the same room as me. Yeah, that was a – I was like, damn, are they in the – like are they right next to you? <laughs> they are literally upstairs and I'm down in the basement and it sounds like they're right here. <laughs> Love that. But yeah, so that was kind of the turn for me where I was really like, okay – we just need to create balance. I need balance yes. when it comes to this. Yeah. Yeah. And balance is like the key word of this episode today for sure. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So for me, exercise, I've always been pretty, pretty consistent with what I've been doing. Like I'm very much like the yoga Pilates, throwing a little cardio into there. And I, I did have my, my phase where I was uh, doing a lot of weights at the gym. Yep. But for, for my lifestyle, getting to the gym, it's like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. Now I have time to go to the gym. Yeah. So that's more where I know working at home, working out at home for you was kind of new, where for me, like, that's my preference. I love working um, out at home. I will never go back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I would rather throw down 15 minutes on the mat mm-hmm. versus, you know, get ready for the gym, drive there, do a workout, feel like you need to be there for an hour to make it worthwhile. So that I've been pretty consistent with for the past eh, probably three, four years, mm-hmm. um, pretty much since university, uh, since I graduated in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I have gone through phases where like I like to try new exercises. Like I had um, a couple kickboxing lessons. That was really awesome. And then uh, for a year leading up before the pandemic, I was super committed to my hot yoga, which I absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, COVID kind of killed that. So thanks, um, COVID. I know. I was really having a good time, COVID. But none of that right now. Maybe I'll get back back into it one day. So that was something like I didn't mind going to a place because it was like a set time. So yeah, that's kind of my workout thing right now. I, I probably work out like... Anywhere from like three to five days, Monday through Friday. Yeah. And then uh, weekends are like my horseback riding days and I will ride anywhere from like one to three horses. Mm -hmm. So I generally don't plan a workout because I know I'm going to be too tired. 
So that's where like I never try and stress about that where definitely before in the past, if I missed a few days, I'd be like, oh my God, how could I do that? It's such a failure where now I'm just like, no, oh, you know what? Week before my period, I feel like shit. So you know what? I'm taking this week off. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is work out. I never work out before my period anymore. Yeah. And like, I'm I'm kind of getting to this place where I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. Like you're not you're not going to be back at square one for taking a week or two off. In fact, I was kind of sick last month and I took a good two and a half weeks off and I was almost like three weeks before I was ready to start doing anything. And you know what? It took me maybe like three days to get back really into it and it was fine. So my new mentality is, you know, it's not the end of the world if you take a little time off. In fact, I find it's actually good for your body to rest mm-hmm. and always kind of keep mixing in new things and that kind of stuff. Yeah. To be honest, sometimes you come back better after taking two weeks off. Yeah. Like not that I really have any injuries, thank God, but you know, my body always just feels a little bit better where it's just like, oh, okay, like new fuel in the tank, ready to go. And I'm actually excited to work out again because it's not so redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find, yeah, like every other month, maybe I maybe once a month, I do take a bit of time just to just chill. Yeah. But it, when it comes to food, so that was really like my hard part of always having like this special diet I was on. And even I would get to my mother's house and she would be making dinner and she'd be like, what are you not eating right now? <laughs> so I know what to make for dinner. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not having dairy. I'm not, no bread this evening. Thank you. Oh my. And she's like, here's your, your vegetable, your your potato yeah (laughs) you know um you don't get butter tonight here's your salt (laughs) um and it just it was so mentally consuming to worry about what I was going to eat and you know as I said earlier like sometimes just easier not to eat which is a terrible thing you should never do that and you know same thing during the pandemic I really started the pandemic off I had the liver rescue book, if people have ever had it, there are some actually fantastic recipes in there, but I also got kind of obsessed eating that way. And I would like really beat myself up if there was like a food that I ate and it wasn't supposed to, you know, be good for you, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I just got like so tired of it that now, um, actually it was probably back in like the summertime, in the fall, that that time frame. Yeah. That I was just like, okay, I need to think back in a time in my life when food was not stressful. Like yeah. figuring out what you want to eat should not be complicated. All right. You just you just eat whatever whatever you have. And it brought me back to that time when I was growing up of like meat, potatoes, vegetables, super basic. You know, we'd have spaghetti night, we'd have um burger night, we know whatever, pizza night, all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, in all those years, I never, you know, had an issue with with my skin or with with weight or stomach issues. So I was like, you know what, maybe I should just go back to eating like that. Yeah. And I actually have, and it, it's very much as similar as you, where, you know, if I want, if I want some chips and ice cream, I'm going to have some chips and ice cream. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have, I probably have like a variety of cookies in my pantry and I don't I don't feel the need to sit down and eat all the cookies because I've been so deprived of cookies mm-hmm. I'm just like oh, I'm just gonna have a couple and like cool like it's no big deal because they're there so I just don't maybe want them as bad yeah. Who knows? that's that's a different psyche 
It's like when you would be a kid and uh, no one would trade Gushers for your Fig yeah, Newtons. So yeah. you would really want Gushers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really going back to the mentality of, wow, look how full circle this episode is. Wow, came. I love it. It <laughs> <laughs> was not intentional. No, I um, love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really just how I've I've been trying to think of food right now. Just going back to that super basic, like you said, you know, just eat real food. And, you know, have a couple fun things in there so you don't go crazy. Um, just like taking a week off exercise. One bad thing, it's it's not not the end of the world. You know, mm-hmm. like a salad ain't going to cure you and neither a chocolate bar is not going to kill you. Yeah. Kind of that, <laughs> that kind of balance, right? Yeah. So in terms of food, I feel pretty good about it. Um, now that it's springtime, um, I don't know if you if you ever do this, but do you eat kind of seasonally? Yeah, I yeah. honestly get a bit sad though because I love my winter dishes. Like I have this mm-hmm. chicken soup mm-hmm. that I make that's so good. That's like a root soup and then uh, like chili and stir fry and stuff. Where in the summer, I haven't quite figured out my my niches yet, but I definitely do not eat salads in the winter. And now I'm like, I really want a salad with some fruit. Oh, and I was just going to say that like literally the snow hit. And I was, I was eating pretty regular like salads with with my meals and stuff as, mm-hmm. as my greens and then as soon as like the snow fell I was like no more salad yeah don't want salad don't want I it want, at all I want steamed vegetables I want potatoes and I let my body have that because that's what it wanted and really just in the past two weeks it's gotten hot again so now I'm like no steamed vegetables I want salads and yeah like I'm really just trying to listen to to what I want and I'm actually finding this like really beautiful balance where like you know my skin is great I'm not having any digestive issues so things are pretty good yeah right now for me yeah I'm having like a tiny bit of digestive issues but that's just because I'm trying to get used to eating vegan yeah and there's and a lot of beans that, yeah oh yeah <laughs> there's a lot of beans, beans. <laughs> yes yes and um, I know we're going to do an episode on this very soon of different um, holistic medicines mm-hmm. that we've we've tried in the naturopath was really big for me. And it, that just kind of reminded me of, you know, every time you would eliminate something, your body had to like adjust or you had yeah. to add it back in. You would have to adjust again. And it felt like your body was never like on, on solid ground. You're always like, okay, what's it? What are you going to throw at me today? Like, are we, are we vegan? Are we dairy free? Are we gluten free? Like, what's up? Oh no, we're eating chocolate bars. Okay. Like, and now it's just kind of like, oh, all right. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And nothing's a really big deal. Yep. And it's also like, we're not going to move today. Perfect. Let me take a nap. Yeah. Listen to your body. Don't beat yourself up Mm -hmm. and just try and find balance where you can. Yeah. I feel like that's the moral of both our stories. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to think that like, oh, we're perfect. We've, we figured it all out. No, no. There are still those days where I'm just like, wow, I – okay, because I remember this was <laughs> – I think I called you that day. I had yeah. a pizza. Yep. I had ice cream, and then I had some McDonald's, and Ooh. then we went to Baskin-Robbins. Amazing. Um, Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and I was just like, ooh, I was probably overdoing it. Yeah. A little bit. So like I was kind of like – oh my gosh, like tomorrow I should, you know, be super healthy and not, not do any of that. And I actually had to stop myself because I felt myself going into that pattern mm-hmm. of being like, oh, I had a really bad day. So I need to have like a really good week. And I was yeah. just like, no, you know what? It was a holiday. I was spending some quality time with my boyfriend. We just 
happen mm-hmm. to eat pizza, burgers, and ice cream all in like the span of six hours. But amazing, you know, it's fine. And we did not move at all except to get in the car and go drive to those places. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know what? It was fine. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still here. Still here. <laughs> I don't weigh a thousand pounds. I'm still fine. <laughs> still looking spicy. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like mine was pretty oh, there they go again. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry, I'm not sure if that was a good a good it sounded like a good yay. Yeah. Hopefully. Who knows? We'll see. I'm sure you'll hear later. Um yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm kind of similar. Like I think I told you, I think it was like two weeks ago or something, where I was just having a bit of an emotional day. So basically me and my boyfriend stayed in bed until eleven, got up to go buy snacks. Uh, love it after we went to pick up tea from your mom and uh, basically laid down on the bed and watched two movies and I ate like two bags of popcorn a entire mm-hmm. like a bag of mini eggs and Swedish berries that we split between ourselves love it and, and how did you feel mentally after that see this was the thing is that I really needed that but I also mm-hmm. felt myself like you going into that pattern of being like oh I need to stop doing this and I need to work out more and eat better and stuff. And I tend to fall into that pattern a lot. So what I've done this time around to help myself is I think I told you like, hey, I'm just struggling with my attitude towards food and my body right now. Just making you aware, you know, if you would be able to help me out a bit just to keep my brain clear. And I told my boyfriend that as well. So he's helping keep me on track as well with doing my yoga and doing what's important to me. It definitely helps me to get kind of some uh, support systems going on those kind of Mm -hmm, issues for me. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny where like our brain goes. Um, So you say you had like one day where where you guys just kind of like picked out, vegged out and, and chilled. Yeah. But in our brain, because how how you were saying it was – it was like you had done that every day for the past month. Yeah. And it was one day. Yeah. Right? But your brain goes there where you're like, oh, my God, I need to stop doing this. Like, you did it once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, you didn't do it for the past month. I mean, you so also it's know – it's so funny where our, where our brain goes. Yeah. You also know how type A I am, so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like our brain's timeline – of events mm-hmm. kind of gets a little bit blurry and it's just like it can't decipher oh you did that once <laughs> with yeah. like every time um, yeah man our brains our brains like to get in the way sometimes don't they yeah we'll just spend our time researching cool brain facts when it comes to our relationship with food and see what we can come up with for a later episode right how to trick your brain into just being normal <laughs> how to think like a normal person great <laughs> And by normal, I mean like, I don't know, stable. None of us are normal. No. No. There is no normal. There is no normal. There is no normal. Yeah. If we're not struggling with food, we're struggling with something else. So. Oh, God. We've always got an issue. Yeah. (laughs) Always. Sometimes they're fun issues, though, so it's all good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All good. Got to find the joy in it. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say on food today? I do not. Uh... We will talk to you guys next week, and we're going to be talking all about friendships. So hope you enjoy don't it. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. You yeah, get to out. get pretty much get to hear the whole history of our friendships. Yes, so. and as always, we love to hear your stories. So if you have a relationship with food or exercise, 
definitely share it with us because we would love to know about it. Mm -hmm. And definitely, you know, the reason why we, we started this podcast was to build a community around awesome women who want to support each other and what better way to support each other than sharing our stories and offering some guidance. So definitely do that with us. And until next time, live like tea. Live like tea.